Welcome to episode one, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive show and talk about it. My name is Michael. My name is Eric. And we are talking to you from our new studio. (laughs) So hopefully this is coming at you with far less echoey and far less garbagey sound and hopefully... It's not too off-putting when we inevitably go back to some episodes where we already recorded. We already recorded in our much shittier setup. Yeah, in a kitchen lined with glass on a glass table. Yeah, who knew that echoes would be happening there? So, this week, we watched Jack Whitehall Travels with My Father. Yes, we did. It's a Netflix-exclusive show. Yep. That uh, I had seen a trailer for a few weeks ago and thought looked entertaining. I don't know if it was going to be great for the podcast. We're all about to find out together. But going into it, did do, do you know? Had you ever heard of Jack Whitehall at all? No, this is something that I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, because it seems like in England mm-hmm. there's all these huge stand-up comedians that I've never heard of, and then you see like a concert film, and they're like playing stadiums in England. I am boggled by this. Who else? Who else? Like this? Who else would you say like that this has happened? James Acaster. Okay, that's right. You told me about him. Yeah. Same. Same sort of. Yeah. Holy shit! What the hell is that kind of following? Right. And uh. I saw a clip of a stand-up comedian in England who was playing to this huge stadium. Never who knew he was, but a kid did a -a make-a-wish, and he wanted to meet this comedian. I can't remember his name. This comedian and Simon Pegg. Mm -hmm. So this comedian came and visited him and, like, cultivated a friendship with him and was just, like, talking about the friendship that he cultivated with this kid. And it was, like, I don't know how many people were there, but it was a lot. I think that was the thing, honestly, because they show that the opening scene of him in this big arena with all these people following. Like, that's like the setup for the show is like, hey, look at what a big comedian I am. And then now I'm going to do this thing with my dad. Um, that was the thing that got me most interested in the show was just like, who the like, who the hell is this guy? Right. So he decides to go on a, a trip through Asia with his father. Yes, he's going to... He was in Thailand. He was going, yes, but he was going to Thailand. He's going a bunch of different places. But the, this episode was just in Thailand. Yeah. It was in Bangkok. So, how long into the episode before you figured out that this wasn't a documentary and this was actually a staged and scripted TV show? I don't know which came first, but it was one of two scenes. It was either the scene, I think this must have been the second scene. The second scene that I'm thinking of was where he and his father are talking about how he's not going to miss his wife, Mrs. Whitehall, mm-hmm. which is how he refers to her, um, because he can just give it an old, t- like, tug of the wrist. Yep. So that was that was one, but I don't think that was the first scene. I think the first scene was when um, he's talking with who he thinks is their guide, but turns out to be very likely a lady boy prostitute of some kind. Yeah, that is the scene that confirmed it for me. I when he steps into the hostel and a guy in his towel walks by them, I was like, "Oh, that was fortuitous timing to make this guy feel weird about being in this place." Mm-hmm. 
And then he just walks out and he walks into the hotel. And that's when I started thinking to myself, like, how'd they have a camera right there? Or like, it sure is lucky that they got that shot. And then that scene there, I was like, oh, okay, this is staged. And I, then I knew this wasn't a documentary, but I, I expected more of a reality like even reality shows will have cameras staged and like ready to go knowing where they're going to be and like right set up scenes even if they don't know how it's going to play out but it was how it played out that made it clear to me that at least some if not most of this is pretty scripted well they were getting shots of things happening that there was no reason for them to have that shot set up like somebody walk coming to the hotel desk and like dropping something up and all of a sudden it's like a close-up of them like dropping the thing off at the desk you realize that afterwards like they'll they'll set up the the like more of those scenes to like make it flow better right like that they could have gotten a a shot of this guy just walking by but they later would have said like hey can i get a shot of you like dropping this off at the desk that seems dishonest i mean is this the first time you're finding out that reality TV isn't real? I was expecting a documentary. Did I sell this as a documentary? I think so. Okay. Also, I've been wanting to talk to you about this other documentary I watched. No, we're not. No, not not right now. I'm going to watch the documentary. No, we're not talking about that right now. Okay. I know what you're talking about. You, you talked about it with me yesterday, and I watched the trailer for it last night. I'm going to watch it. When? This weekend, probably. Okay. All right. It's the amazing Jonathan. And dude, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, that's also probably not a documentary, too. No, I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. We'll see. Oh, did I get fooled? I mean, maybe. Isn't that what, like, the whole trailer is just about, like, is is Jonathan just fucking with us, or or is the director just fucking with us, or like it's it's a whole host of things. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, probably we're probably all dumbasses <laughs> for believing any of it. That's true. Anyway, back to this. Should we talk about our relationships with our own fathers? Uh, no, I I don't think we have time. For that. <laughs> we generally try and keep this between thirty and forty five minutes, and I feel like that's probably an hour episode apiece. <laughs> So, like, we'll just leave that one lie. <laughs> then how did you relate to this show? This, this, him, I didn't relate to any part of this show because every part of this show is steeped in, like, privilege, capital P privilege. Like, his father sent him to boarding school at eight and he thought that he was uh, indulgent by keeping him from the age of six to eight, you know, so that he could spend more time with him, but... He probably held on to him too long. He really needed to go to that boarding school at the age of six. Like, and th and that's how we're like setting up their relationship, let alone the fact that, yes, like the, the opening scene is them going to the hostel, the hostel, him walking out and then just walking willy nilly into that. That didn't look like a five star hotel. That looked like a six star hotel. Like that was some that was a nice fucking hotel that they just walked into. Were they even and dropped money on? Was that like a soundstage? Like I legit they did they even go to Thailand or did they just set it all up on soundstage? I think they went to Thailand. I don't think that you can find later he plays elephant polo and I don't think there are that many elephants in London or in England. Fair enough. I have an important question. Uh oh. Is the show racist? Expand upon that question. Do you think the show is racist? I think that it has every potential to be. 
Mm-hmm. I think we're talking about very privileged white men walking into a a lot of places that are off the map and then I was going to say judging them silently, but they're not so silent about their judgment of the stuff. Yeah. I almost, when I pulled it up, I searched on Netflix for Jack Whitehall and I typed in Jack and then just a bunch of Jackie Chan movies that I didn't realize were on Netflix came up and I just almost watched Super Cop. Yeah, instead instead <laughs> of this. Yeah. Yep. Um, he makes a really funny joke about Prince Philip. It's like the queen taking Prince Philip to Africa. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know anything about Prince Philip. None at all. He's the queen's husband. Okay. He's super racist. Okay. Fun. Very hilarious. Unintentionally hilarious. That's what you're like. You don't find like his racist ramblings funny, right? Right. Okay. I uh, just wanted to be very clear. Yeah. Um, I meant to pull up some quotes by him, and now I don't even have my phone, so I can do it and then cut it in. Uh, hold on. If we're about to give any airtime to some of the racist shit, I get to make fun of him for a second. He looks like Emperor Palpatine here. Yeah. Just read some quotes. Oh, boy. Um, this isn't racist um, so much as it is um, sexist, I guess. Uh, when a man opens a car door for his wife, it's either a new car or a new wife. Or maybe I should be more specific. Prince Prince Philip racist quotes. <laughs> One million more results. Oh, the, yep, the top uh, article is an Al Jazeera article called The Priceless Racism of the Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> We're about to put the royal family on blast. First David Copperfield. Now <laughs> Prince Philip. Philip. Oh boy. Yep, there we go. All right. Didn't take long for me to find like some pretty racist stuff here so he uh when speaking to a group of british students during a royal visit to china said if you stay here much longer you'll be all slitty eyed (laughs) i didn't realize this was (laughs) like a racist thing to say about hungarians but to a brit he met in hungary he said you can't have been here that long you haven't got a pot belly (laughs) to a wealthy islander in the cayman islands aren't most of you descended from pirates so like that's enough to a Scottish driving instructor, how do you keep natives off the booze long enough to pass the test? So, like, that's just a sampling of, like, the first... Yep, I'm done reading his racist stuff. Um, that's just a sampling of the fun things. Okay, so, like, yeah, that makes more sense. I thought it was more just, like, I, I don't know. I it just found it I it found it funny. It was more of a visual joke to me in, in that moment because it was just, like, this wide-eyed stare of, like, oh, shit, what did I get myself into? sort of thing but with a tinge of racism i guess as well yeah when they were there michael whitehall said that he wanted to visit the bridge on the river kwai and i want to visit the ridge on the the bridge on the river kwai because that's one of my favorite movies so is that like when you really related to racist man yeah he wanted to do that and he wanted to go to temples those are the things that i would want to do so how long until you become super like bitter and racist? Because like you guys are clearly the same person already. You're both named Michael, right? We both have sons named Jack. Yep. So I I want to point something out here and put Jack Whitehall on blast a little bit. We're just gonna be putting people on blast left and right here. So Jack Whitehall. The whole like premise of this show is that Jack Whitehall has been a comedian since the age of seventeen, and so he never got a gap year where he. You know what a gap year is? It's like the year after high school before you go to college, that sort of thing. 
mm-hmm. you would travel abroad. Apparently, it's like a fairly European or maybe just British thing. I don't know. It's very privileged for sure. So the whole premise is that he didn't get to do that when he was 17 because he was busy working as a stand-up comedian. Um, but he has described, I looked at the Wikipedia article about him because I was trying to figure out who this guy even was or why he was at all famous. And he describes it himself as he, he took a gap year when he was 17. That's like, he just fucked off and, and learned, like tried to be a stand-up comedian during that year before he then went to university later and then eventually dropped out. Oh, so he's just said that he didn't get to go to he didn't see Vietnam and Thailand and like say racist things to people. Yeah. Like. God, like his father and his father's father before him. Also, their gap year is five weeks, so it's just a long vacation. Yeah, I want to put Jack White. I want to put Jack Whitehall on blessed. Okay, all right. You know how like everybody's last name originated from like a profession or something like that. So like Smith was a Smith, or Johnson is like the son of John. Yeah, Schmidt is German for Smith. Okay. Yep. What what the heck is Whitehall? What were they? A house? I I, I give it like a, a three out of ten, and then maybe like a zero out of ten for the dismount. <laughs> the dismount? Yeah, like I feel like the punchline really uh, lacked anything. I think it was probably the the delivery. You know what? Let's just agree that it was all bad. Well, was he a house? Get a few more uh, tries at that because I feel like you can do better. Try it at, at least one more time. What was he? A house? You know, maybe the, like I feel like things are funnier when people say them like with people with British accents are just inherently funnier. Do you think you can say it with like a British accent? Yeah, I also want to point off point out that this is like a good jumping off point for like riffing and goofing on it. Yep. So then you should like jump in with your own like little comment too. So if, if, but again, if this had a base to stand on, I'd, I'd be trying. I think if nothing else, the last however many episodes that we recorded this podcast have made it very clear. I'm bad at, at improvising. I, I don't. Yes. And my idea of improvising is shitting on everything that you do and say. So this, this is me improvising right now. So you're not taking my idea and expanding it. You're just like I'm just like dumping it. over it. Yeah. Is it jealousy? I don't think it's jealousy. I think it's um like feeling like I'm better than that. If you were better than that, you'd have something though. No, not not like I'm a better like Well, no, like I am funnier, but like <laughs> but like not so here's the thing it's not funny enough to like actually be funny so i i'm not doing the audience a disservice of like saying my unfunny jokes whereas you have sunk lower than that where it's like even less funny but like you just sell it you just you just go hard on it so i sold it like it was a good joke no you try i sorry i didn't mean to give the impression that that was a good joke (laughs) i'm very sorry all right fine Jack Whitehall, you're on blast. Are you going to do the it is a British accent? Like, Don't no. <laughs> at me. <laughs> All right. What else do you have? Oh, I have one off with the wrist written down. Is that a thing? That, like, I've never heard. Like, it took me way too long to figure out what he was talking about. No, I got what he was talking about. What I don't know is what a slapper is. 
Oh yeah, shit. No, that is something that I had because uh, that was when the slap massage massaging was happening, right? Yeah, and so she kept saying like somebody was a slapper, and Jack was holding back his laughter because I was under the impression there was a double <laughs> meaning. There is. Okay, tell me. It's a British term for a woman of early to middle age of relatively promiscuous behaviors. A woman who is sexually of more than just multiple partners. This is Urban Dictionary. This is the least urban dictionary that like I've ever read. It's just it's very proper. I think I could read this in uh, Merriam-Webster or something. Um, also referred to as the village pump or the old cock gobbler. <laughs> Never mind. So like a cougar? No, like 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 a a, a woman of like a young to middle age, not a cougar. That would be like an older woman. Mm. There's nothing inherently. No, it's it means either one of early to middle age. Since it's a British term, could you give us the definition in the British accent? Absolutely not. The scene where they're doing elephant polo and then they put the dad on the mic just so he can talk about how disappointed in his son is. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. I I laughed. He was an asshole to his son. Um, I'm sorry. I accidentally flipped back to the racist Prince Philip page that I was on. Uh-huh. I have to this. He was meeting a Filipino nurse at a hospital in England, and he said the Philippines must be half empty as you're all here running the NIS. What is wrong with this man? He's he's Emperor Palpatine. Um, yeah, I think it was fully scripted. I don't think it was fully scripted. I think there was too much genuine awkwardness between him and his dad at a lot of moments. I think his dad came like I, I think his dad was hired to be a part of this and so it's like you know be a curmudgeonly old man I don't think it was scripted per se but then I do think that they set up very scripted moments like him talking with the the uh the escort and thinking that that was their guide his dad's a television personality in England too what yeah I'm pretty sure that would explain why they have so much money television producer yeah you're right when he's describing the the prostitute that his dad almost picks up yes they're like having dinner Mm -hmm. and he describes it by saying like if you would have gone through with that this wouldn't be the only hot dish with nuts that you'd have tonight Mm -hmm. that's pretty funny i mean he's a professional comedian i would hope that he could (laughs) come up with something funny should we write episode two sure so did you come up with any ideas for episode two as you were watching this? Like anything like spring to mind? Because I didn't. Did you ever watch An Idiot Abroad? I watched an episode two of that, yes. This reminded me of that. Yeah. A less funny version of that. Like a less genuine version of that. Yeah. And they're like, Jack is antagonizing his father in that. And they're antagonizing Carl Pilkington in, in that one. Yeah. I think that they're too mean to Carl Pilkington just overall. But then there's also a lot of playing it up for the sake of comedy. Yeah, I think he's pretty self-aware, for sure, of all that. I don't know if Carl Pilkington... He's got to be, because it's getting pointed out to him all day. And they've been doing this for years. I, I, I don't... If he's that oblivious, then I, I feel like shame on... It's Ricky Gervais. Like, that's a Ricky Gervais and, like... Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant sort yeah. of show. Yeah. Then shame on them for taking advantage of a guy who's just that like blissfully unaware. And I don't, I don't think that that's actually the case. I think it's a bit of a put upon character. Yeah, um, they had the Ricky Gervais show, which I think was a radio show or maybe a podcast where 
him and Stephen Merchant and Carl Pelkington just talk the whole time, and so they just shit on Carl. And it's pretty funny, and the thing that convinced me that he was playing a character and playing this up was he talks about his uncle who did his own tattoos, and the tattoos on his left arm were better than his right arm because he was right-handed, so he was able to do the tattoos better on his left arm. And I was like, that's too good of a joke for that to be like <laughs> an actual thing. So episode two, Michael Whitehall cross paths with Carl Pilkington. Oh, is that what the... Okay, I did not see this coming. Me either, but... <laughs> but there it happens. Th- there we go. So... Do you feel like in that episode that they get along really well or because they're both like skeptical of? No, no, no. Because Michael Whitehall would hate Carl Pilkington, right? Do you think it's like I watched an episode of that show like years ago? So I don't remember enough about Carl Pilkington too. He's like a slobby flat earther, basically. Okay. Maybe it could be like an odd couple type thing. Oh, No, a planes, trains, and automobiles type thing. Okay, so so he so Carl is the the uh, John Candy. John Candy. Uh huh. Yeah. And Michael Whitehall is the Steve Martin. So it's just plane, trains, and automobiles too. Then. So Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant are doing their show in Vietnam, and Jack Whitehall and Michael Whitehall are doing their show in Vietnam at the same time. So Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais come up with this scheme to, like, drop Carl Pilkington off in the jungle mm-hmm. and make him have to find his way back. So he's, like, dropped off in the jungle and he doesn't have anything but the clothes that he's wearing. And in the meantime, the Whitehalls are taking... a a tour, like a hike or a safari or something? What would it be? Yeah, like a pilgrimage. Okay. So what are they trying to find? One of those cheeky temples? I think that um, they wake up the next day, or rather uh, Jack does the next day, and like feels like 10 years younger and realizes that it's because of the slap um, massage that he got. Uh-huh. And so he goes looking for somebody high up in the like he's looking for the church of slap massage like a monk yeah like a monastery where like they slap massage yeah in the jungles of vietnam yes even though they were in thailand yes okay it originated in vietnam why does he think that there's this monastery is it just in his brain that there is or it is like this is a scripted show it's just whatever gets him to vietnam well is right it, is the next episode in vietnam no we're we're writing the next episode right now it can be anywhere we want they can go to the fucking moon if we tell them <laughs> that they're going to the fucking moon this is our episode two. Oh, i thought we were like really trying to predict <laughs> what happened oh <laughs> oh god i've made some very bad guesses okay Okay. So they're on the moon. (laughs) No. They're in Vietnam. Okay. Looking for a monastery. Why does he think this monastery is in the jungle? Because he wakes up. Uh Uh-huh. 
all splotchy from having been slapped the day before. Right. And one of the splotches looks a little like Vietnam, but it actually doesn't. Like, no one else thinks it looks like Vietnam, but, like, he's like, no, it's Vietnam. His dad, like, calls him an idiot yeah. for it, but he's like, we're going to Vietnam. So, Jack just, like, fucking takes off. He's like, I'm going with or without you. And he hops on a plane and a bus and everything. Yeah. And starts tra- traipsing through the jungle looking for this monastery. So, now Michael's got to figure out what's going on. I got to find my son. So now he's following, trying to find him. And who does he come across? Carl Pilkington. <laughs> so then what happens? Um, so they go to the moon. <laughs> and that was episode two. I think that's our best episode two yet. <laughs> it was no Cobra Kai. I don't know that I have much more to say. Um, I Well, I guess we haven't gotten to the eternal question of this podcast, which is... Would you watch? Would you keep watching? No, I didn't okay. like it that much. I don't know. I, I like. I might watch another episode to see if it gets any better. Like, I it, it was a pilot episode, so I feel like some of that's kind of put upon and or put on and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that trailer at the end for the next episode where it just looked like they were in a haunted house. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. I didn't even really. Oh, so it was like think? next time on travels with my father, and it was just like them standing in a mansion and like holding bloody like dolls and stuff and like yes like yes, sharp just, cuts and yeah, yeah. That, that didn't appeal to you no i like horror movies still i don't know i've had the creeps lately i've been wanting to watch a, a scary movie i haven't even seen like the old like rosemary's baby or the exorcist or anything yeah i like some of those hold up but i it's so hit or miss that i don't even try half the time mm-hmm. like i tried watching the exorcist you know i tried watching it's just the first time i'd seen the exorcist when is when they came out with the remaster here like decade or two ago mm-hmm. must have been two decades ago because i was working at the theater and i don't know it was fine yeah my dad has a story of him and his sister my aunt yeah uh when they were teenagers probably when the exorcist came out and they went and saw it in the theater and just laughed the whole time because they didn't think it was scary it was just like pea soup shooting out of a yeah yeah, I, th- I think you've got to, like, with a lot of those, you have to be willing just to be scared. Mm-hmm. And we like we like to watch horror movies for both of the, like, both the reasons. It's some of them are, like, because we like watching the really scary shit, and then some of it's because we want to watch something stupid and ridiculous and laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Laugh in the face of death. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, before we wrap up, so we've gotten... We started releasing episodes. Yeah. We've gotten like a lot of really, really good response about the Cinnamon Wizard. So I'm thinking about starting a Cinnamon Wizard podcast too. What do you think? Um, who's going to be your co-host? It's not me. Well, it's not going to be. It's going to be like a scripted, like the adventures of the Cinnamon Wizard. So you don't have to be a part of it. I'm just seeking your input. Sounds sounds like a great idea. Okay. Maybe people can at us on if they think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I can put up... Um, when we release this episode, I can set it up to release a poll of who would listen to the Cinnamon Wizard <laughs> podcast, and then you can get some actual feedback. Will you do that? Uh, hold on. I'm jotting a note right now. 
nobody like we've got two followers on Twitter, and I'm hoping that by the time we release this, it, I mean even if it's in a couple weeks, like maybe maybe there'll be like five people because right now if if it's gonna be like we need some like real I don't know how to tell you like no one's gonna want to listen to that podcast. So all right, well thank you for listening to the episode one podcast. Uh, p- please feel free to check out our website. It's episode one podcast dot com. Or follow us on Twitter. At All spelled out, right? It's not the number one. It's episode correct. one. Episode one, O-N-E, um, which is different from our Twitter uh, name, which is podcast episode one, and that's the numeral one. We're trying to find as many confusing ways as possible to like keep connected with people. Because like, if you want to write one, then I guess you can stay on Twitter. If you want to type it out, then it'll be the website. Or you can check out our episode one podcast Facebook group. Is that just episode one podcast? I don't remember what you would... I think it's episode. I think it's at episode one podcast or slash episode one podcast. Yeah, it's episode uh, at episode one podcast, all spelled out O N E. So we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got a website. Um, you can use any of those three to help keep you up to date on all of our episodes, or leave a suggestion or idea of shows that we should watch. We won't do them, but like you can feel like you're interacting with us. And... Yeah, or we may have already done it yeah we've got like recorded it in the kitchen and we're probably not gonna release (laughs) it and i don't know that there's any of those shows that i liked enough to like watch a second time and like try and do another episode for right Right. there's not much left if you like the episode um please subscribe to your podcaster of choice leave a uh review feedback is all helpful all that sort of stuff only i feel like we've got all the five star reviews that we're gonna get so like now we need some of the other ones in there as well Last but not least, big thank you to Boz D for the use of our theme song, Who's the Cowboy, off the album Get Smart and Run Faster. (laughs) Thanks again for listening. See you all next week.